Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On today's episode of After the Snap, we will be covering the recent LSU loss to Florida State and how they can bounce back this week against Southern University. We're also closely tracking Albert Pujols' road to 700 homers. And finally, there is mayhem in Qatar as the World Cup is quickly approaching. After the snap country, let's ride. Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. And keep the mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real south on a bunch. Can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again. Twist a little bit deep because you got thick skin. Brother, it was an absolutely electric weekend in college football. I love that intro. I love your oh, intro. You like, you like my intro? Thank you. Love the intro. Dude, I, I can't express to you how LSU game aside, and we'll, we'll get to that momentarily, how just unbelievable this past weekend was to kick off the first true weekend of college football. I agree. By, by all means, I agree with you. I am not a fan Uh-oh. of naming naming last week week zero. zero. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think I can't remember what I, I think it was the twenty. It was like right before the twenty eighteen or right before the twenty nineteen season. I guess it would have been the twenty nineteen season that they started doing that because. It was Florida versus Miami, and there was only one game on week zero. It was Florida versus Miami, I believe, in Orlando. And I remember watching it with my boys before we actually got to our first game. Uh, But now there's just like, you know, 15. It's it's another week of the season. 15 games, but like nobody plays any meaningful football. It's like. I don't know, Duquesne versus Florida State and North Carolina versus Florida A&M and like any of the any of the power five teams, none of them are playing meaningful football. And so it's like, did did, uh, did Duquesne score? Yeah, 47 to 7. Okay, so so that was that was at least somewhat helpful uh, because Florida State would have been able to practice their uh, field goal block team. Sorry. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. So let's get into a little bit of college football talk here, starting with something that you and I have been missing doing for a lot of weeks. I don't know how many weeks weeks. it's been since we've done. Very many of the weeks. Since we've done and after the snap, clutch snap of the week. But we are back. We are back for week one 
slash week zero of college Let's football. Let's call it the week one, the inaugural ATS clutch snap of the week. Congratulations to Ed Rogowski of Rutgers University. They defeated Boston College 22-21. And my man Ed, our buddy Ed, uh, maybe friend of the pod someday, had the game-winning uh, PAT snap with uh, just a few minutes remaining in the fourth man. quarter. So great job, Ed. First well, win of the season. It's good to know that I think, there was – Unless you played in week zero. It's good to know that there was one team that had a game-winning PAT snap. There, there yeah, we right. uh, there was yeah. an opportunity for a game tying PAT snap. Oh, my goodness, that and I think that that perfectly leads us into just well. How, how before deep. we get in, there there wasn't very many close games this week. A lot of blowouts. So good job to Ed. Kudos to Ed. Kudos. Snaps for Ed. Snaps. Snaps for Ed. Snaps for Ed. Or coming up clutch. Yes. When his team needed him the most. Congratulations, Mr. Rogowski. It sounds like a character from Monsters Inc. Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. Yes, Blake. Perfect segue. Speaking of segue, uh, do you know how that is spelled? S E G U E? Yes, Segui. Yes, Segway. Okay. It's not, um, the not segue. the thing that you ride. I ran a Segway one time, and it was in New Orleans, actually. There are so I many good segways. There. there are so many good segways into the what? LSU game against Florida State in New Orleans. And I'm not going to lie to you. I turned it off before the fourth – at the like very beginning of the fourth quarter. And Interesting. Um, I was awoken. Because I turned it off after they fumbled the punt, the second punt. Oh. With, so, okay, so you lasted longer than I did. Yeah, well, I mean, it was – I. they were up by two touchdowns. Florida State was up by two touchdowns, 24-10 with, yep. uh, I don't know, five minutes left maybe. Um, and I told myself if LSU didn't score here, I would turn it off. So they did score, kept me back in, and when they, fumbled, when they went three and out, fumbled the punt – with 2.30 left, maybe two minutes, something around there. They fumbled the punt. I flipped off the television. Uh, did, you, not did you throw it? Um, I turned off the television. Yeah, poor choice of words there. <laughs> yeah. Double, I shot double birds to the TV, and um, I said, get out of my eyes. I was setting my alarm, and my buddy Greg, after the snap, friend, of the, friend of the pod, he texted me and said, are you watching? Uh-oh. And I knew something was happening. So I had to flip it back on. I, I, I flipped the birds again to the TV and turned it back on. And magically um, it came back on. Magically it came back on. Uh, and there we go. You know, he was like, y'all just recovered a fumble on the one and went and I watched him go 99 and score the touchdown. And when we blocked the field, when they blocked the field goal, I flipped off the TV again. See, personally, I think I, I think I got the better end of this deal because I just woke up to, Hey, they lost. And there was like not this emotional roller coaster of like going the 99 yards, yes. being like, Holy crap, they're going to pull this off. 
and if, then just emptiness. So question, I know we've talked about this before. You don't watch like a lot of the primetime games, like not, NFL not stuff. NFL, no. If they came back and won in epic fashion, mm-hmm. scoring a, the touchdown with one second left, and if they went for two and won the game, mm-hmm. would you have been mad that you missed it? Or would you have just been like, a, oh, darn. Yeah, probably not. Yay, as, we won. Oh, shoot, I missed it. Probably not as glad as I am that I turned it off and didn't have to watch the the loss. The, the, so you're the more happy. Lost. I'm content with the fact that I turned it off, even if they had come back and won. I think I can look okay. at that. Now, yeah, I would have loved to see them, you know, sure. come back and win and, you know, but it was, it was 24 to 10. It, well, it was 17 to 10. Florida State scores to go up 24 to 10. And I'm like, okay, I, I had flown back from Atlanta and I had, mm. you know, other stuff to do. I had to throw the laundry in before I went to bed and I had all this stuff to do. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to flip off the television and call it a night. A couple things. Jaden Daniels, when he transferred to LSU back in the spring, we said, oh, this, you know, they're, this kid's going to be the starter. And I think that, like, everybody's assumption was this kid's going to start, whatever. They go into week one. They're like, don't put out the depth chart or don't say who's going to be the starter. It's like this big secret, big mystery. But everybody's like, okay, you know, everybody's thinking, oh, it's probably Jaden Davis. It's obvious. Um, 26 of 35, 209 yards, two touchdowns. He had the highest EPA in college football. 114, 114 yards rushing on 16 rushes. With a long of twenty five, which I believe was on that first final. play of the game. Uh, how long was that? I guess there was a long run on the on the ninety nine yard drive too. Mm, yeah, I think the twenty. I think his longest run was like the first, first play. play of the okay. game. I'm not. So it's, that's seventy four percent completion. High QBR. Got sacked four times. It was. It, he managed the game. It wasn't outstanding numbers. He didn't throw seven touchdowns in the first half. Like, you know, everybody wanted him because that's what they remember out of Joe Burrow, and that's all anybody can think about. But I don't think it was awful. There were glaring other issues with the LSU team beyond just the offensive play, mostly in the kicking game, which you and Um, I were – publicly displeased about yeah. mainly on Twitter. There was a handful of penalties that I saw that really, it really doesn't matter who you play for. It's just, they're just dumb penalties. The targeting. That was one of the which, dumbest plays I've ever seen. The, the probably the dumbest. I don't, I can't think of a of a of a more blatant targeting. No, the, the like somebody, even call, the, somebody called it somebody called it mega targeting. Yeah, because <laughs> even it's the, like uh, even the, like the, the announcers were like that was the trifecta of targeting. <laughs> like, literally, 
all of the uh, the crown Launched. of the helmet hitting the hitting the helmet of the other player, and you're launching upward. At, yes. it's like all it's, okay. Yes, <laughs> the trifecta. Yeah, mega targeting is what he called it. Is what somebody, I can't remember who it was. They called it mega targeting. I was like, that's just so fitting. When LSU kicked off after making it twenty four seventeen. There was a player on LSU's kickoff team. Uh, Florida My State sides. fair caught it in the end zone. Oh. The Florida State guy, like a play was called dead. They were everybody's kind of running to their own sideline, and uh, and Florida State guy was jawing in one of the LSU guys' ears. LSU guy shoves his fit, you know, shoves his helmet up, makes the big scene out of it. Fifteen yards, boom! You're down a touchdown. There's two to three minutes, 2.30 left, three minutes left, whatever there was when they got the ball. And you just gave them a first down and a half. And you just gave them 15 yards, and they're starting at the 40-yard line. There's like zero – I know it's college, but there's zero – like, what are you doing? There's zero situational awareness. None. Zero. And, um, I mean, I'll cut my guy, Brian, Coach Poley, and some – Slack. I I don't know how much attention those dudes are paying in like field goal meeting. Like it, the same the the both blocks came from the same area. Yeah, maybe we need right, to think. Yeah, about I was right through that. Guy, uh, left out there, left end the wing. outside of the like in the yeah. D gap. Yeah, just not great all around. And really, that like from that close, the second kick. I mean, both kicks were pretty close. They got blocked. But the second kick was a PAT. That kick should be – I mean, that kick is a high kick rather than a back – a further – a deeper kick. Uh, you know, 40, 45-yarder is more of a lower trajectory, easier to block, historically speaking. And, and they got through so clean that they blocked the PAT just, like, so easy. But – uh, so I think that that was a that's obviously a bit concerning. But I the main thing that stuck out to me was a lot has been made about this wide receiver core. Keishon Booty, number seven, got yeah. the number seven jersey, yeah. uh, which is obviously a big deal for the LSU Tigers and the fan base. And he had I I want to say at some point in the third quarter when he caught his second pass. He had, it was like two catches for twenty three yards or something. When two, you're catches playing, for, when, two catches for twenty <laughs> yards with a long of thirteen. There you go. Um, that's just like if you give the guy the number seven jersey, he's got to be. That's your guy. Yeah, he has to be. He has to be the. That's primary. your guy, and I know they know that. Like I'm yeah. like these coaches. I'm not saying anything. These coaches don't already know. But from a fan's perspective, get that guy going early. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's got to screen throw him a screen pass. He's got to slant in off coverage. Like do something to get the ball in his hands like three or four times in the first quarter. Run a reverse or something. You know, all that stuff's in the playbook. Yeah. But get that get the ball in that guy's hands. Um because he was visibly upset on the sideline. I mean, they showed it on the, they kept showing it on the television in the, in the second quarter when we were a quarter and a half into the game and he barely, he had maybe had like one or two targets. I have, I have, I have, uh, sort of mixed emotions regarding the, like being visibly upset 
and just overall body language um, because I see both sides. On one hand, it was just like you, just like you were talking about. He wasn't getting the ball. He's the primary receiver, should be the primary receiver. He's a playmaker. He's an All-American last year. He's got to be the guy. On the other hand, I see it from a from an NFL scout point of view. And I'm thinking about how many GMs are watching this not meltdown, but just frustration spewing out of you and rubbing off on your teammates around you, sure. not helping any problem. Yeah, I'm with and you. And Jaden Daniels is walking, you know, with his arm around him on the sideline, like trying to calm him down, trying to be the level head. And it's just like you can't have that kind of body language. Game one, I get it, you're frustrated, but man, you you gotta be better than that. Like you gotta be you gotta be knowing you gotta be confident knowing that you are gonna get the ball the very next play. And if you don't, you gotta go back to the huddle and have the same mentality. I'm getting the ball this play, and I'm it is my play to nobody's touching me. I'm scoring the yep. football and I'm and you know, nobody can catch me. But yeah. I see, I see both sides. I do, um, but it was it was frustrating to watch that kind of body language. But I, at the same time, at the same time, I get it. Can we talk about something for a moment? So who, so who's who? Who we got coming up? Southern. Yeah. So Southern University, well, the have, uh, have, first home game. Yeah, I have one last um, one last thing I want to mention on on the game from uh, against Florida State before we move on to that, but. Um, I saw this video clip on Twitter today uh, because I I literally just Google, just Twitter searched Brian Kelly's name and I was just just seeing what popped up. And there was a clip of him talking about, uh, I believe it's Malik neighbors. Yes. uh, Number eight. Yes. Malik neighbors who dropped the two punts. Yes. And this was, he was being asked in his post game press conference about Malik neighbors and the decision to put him back there. You watch him, you evaluate him through four weeks of practice and, you know, you feel comfortable that, that with his elite skill set and, and uh, his mindset that he's going to be able to do a great job. And that wasn't the case. Um, that was a mistake that we made. Um, he wants to do it, um, and we'll have to reevaluate that situation. Um, he's a great kid. Um, we didn't lose the game because he dropped those two punts. Uh, we miraculously were able to overcome those. You, you usually wouldn't, uh, but that's um, you know that's on us. You know we made that evaluation. We watched him catch punts, and we felt like he was in a position that he could do that for us. I want, to, I want to get your opinion before I share mine. First thing that comes to mind, um, not great. It's very hard to for a kid to hear that, which he will, and have confidence going back out there. Uh, he said he has an elite skill set, so I would like to think that he would be able to figure out catching punts 
when you say it's a when a coach publicly says that they made a mistake directing it at a certain player, that's that's a tough look. I don't know he because I saw something which I thought you were actually going to bring up. Um, I thought they were, I thought you were going to say I, I saw a, a tweet from I don't remember who it was. It was one of the LSU B reporters that said even after the blocked or the blocked the the second dropped punt when they got the ball back and started their 99 yard drive, he was out there. And I think he got the ball a couple times on that drive. So they were still confident enough to, to, to throw him out there and have him on the potential game winning drive, game tying game winning drive. If they went for two. So I saw that part of it. That's I see it. The comments are a bit concerning in the heat of the moment, they still had confidence to keep him out there. I have two thoughts on this, and I think I probably got a little more heated about it when I saw this earlier around lunchtime than you did hearing it for the first time. In that situation, late in the game, when all you need to do is gain possession back, they lit, that was their first three and out all game long. All you need to do is gain possession. Put the best guy with the best hands back there. Yeah. I don't care who it is. I think, I think it's, it's unacceptable to me for Brian Kelly to stand up there and say it was a mistake to put him out there. Maybe he'll go back on, on that, that wording. I doubt it. Usually that stuff doesn't get addressed again. But what if what if Malik Neighbors, you know, gets frustrated in after a couple games and say say the the Tigers aren't playing well, say it's you know it's going to look like the under on that six and a half that we that we talked about last week, and Malik Neighbors, you know, is is at media availability and it says it, it was a mistake to come play for Brian Kelly. Then what? Where where did he is he transfer? I don't know. Uh, okay. I think he was there I wasn't last sure. Year. I don't know. It was say say that he you you keep talking. I'll look it up. Say that he says it was a mistake to to play here, and to if he if he was here last year to stick around when Brian Kelly got here, and if he transferred in, it was a mistake to come play for him. Does it work both ways? Because I don't think that it does. And to me, that's shameful. And that's that's all that I'll say about it. We we got to get. Got to get the special teams play going because two dropped punts, two blocked field goals, field goal PATs is not going to cut it. And the fact that they were still in position to win the game, tie slash win the game after those four game changing plays in the kicking game is, is that's encouraging, you know, because if they can overcome those four plays that, you know, when you look at when you look at statistics, a, a turnover in the kicking game or a turnover in general, that's that's gonna that's gonna skyrocket your chances of winning. If you can cut down on on the little things like that that turn into big plays, it's they'll they'll be able to they'll be able to play with anybody. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. You can't have you can't have those kinds of 
of game-changing plays over and over and over throughout the course of a game and expect to win. It's just not possible. So Yeah. Um, he he was at LSU last year. He was a fr- uh, freshman. He had 28 catches over the course of the season, about 400 yards. So not a huge contributor last year. I guess that's why I kind of slipped my mind. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Let's switch gears. It's a tough look. Let's switch gears here a little bit because we are back on Pujols' watch. Yes. And 695. He hit 695 a couple days ago now, and we are coming up. Do you know how many games there are left? I can tell you in a second, but uh, one thing that I just realized, Judge is on – so we're about to bring up Judge. He is on 54 I believe who holds is on 695. How many games we got left? A Rod is on 696. Okay. He's one behind passing A Rod for fourth all time. Judge has 54 and he is three behind A Rod for the, uh, single season Yankees, uh, or sorry, that was A Rod's single season record. Which I thought is was pretty interesting because he played for the Yankees, obviously for a long time, hit a lot of home runs. So, so they're both creeping up on a passing a rod in their for their respective categories. Anyway, just realized that the Cardinals. I looked it up. It's twenty six games left. Twenty six games after so the Cardinals after tonight, are after tonight. Okay, they're playing seventy nine right and fifty six. Yeah. So they're sitting at 130, 135 games. They're playing right now, and Pujols is not in the lineup tonight, and we're recording this on Tuesday. Probably playing uh, a righty. So he's got anyway. 26 games to hit five home runs. Plus playoffs. True. They're leading, Which they're their, leading their division. So they're, they, they should be a lock for the, for the postseason. Do you think he gets when it? Both of the, I do think he gets it. Okay. I'm leaning. I don't. I don't know. It's gonna be very close. How many are we talking? I feel like for, him and how Judge. How many are we talking for Judge? How many? How many? Do you say he needs 61. 61 okay. the record. So 62 s- would would set the record. So he needs seven, seven to tie. Seven to tie. Eight to eight to break it. And he's on fire right now. He's yeah. been on fire I all think, season. I think if we're if we're looking at the two of them, I think I think you have a better shot at Judge just because he's playing every night. Playing Pools, every day. Pools doesn't play yep. every single day. But that if both of them were to be able to to do that, it would be it would be insane. Insane. But when they are both, whenever it's not going to be at the same time, probably when when they are both one away. A-Rod's got to be in the building. On the, on, the, on the record, when they're one away from the record, like going to tie, like when Pujols is on 699, appointment television. And, and A-Rod when has Judge to be is on 60, in the building. 60, yeah, when Judge is on 60 home runs, appointment television. When he's on 61, that, I mean, I I... I, I I just know it's going to happen. He's going to be on 60 home runs, like going into the last series. And you're, you're going to have to watch every game. 61. He's going to be on 61 going into the last series. 
So we were yeah, talking it's, about it's, this. It's amazing how he's he's been able to keep it up this far. He's 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 carrying the team because everybody else is just terrible. We were talking about this the other night about Albert Pujols, uh, me and a couple of teammates of mine. If you are a pitcher facing Albert Pujols as we come down the stretch, are you a little more apt to throw him a high fastball? Um, on the second on the second pitch of the at bat, like yeah, do you do you leave the do you leave the curveball up a little bit, let it hang up there? Because if the I, if couple, so, I I am I'm totally doing it, and I the I get the competitor mindset. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The past couple home runs that I've seen both of these guys hit, Judge and Pujols, the pitches just look like absolute meatballs. Yeah, and that and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, but like Judge is playing the Rays. Yeah. Like the they're they're trying to catch the division. Like you're yeah, throwing him, you're throwing him ninety two, middle high. What what do you think is gonna happen? Right, like just right down the middle. What? So appointment television. Pujols um, slash Judge watch. Here we go. Yeah, I think I think if you're if you're one of those pitchers, nobody wants to be like number six ninety eight. I don't even think I don't even know if anybody wants to be seven hundred. The guy that gave, that threw to Barry Bonds when he broke the record, there was, I think that was like the most famous he got for like a, a week after that pitching performance. Cause he was like some, I don't know, middle reliever guy. Right. I don't know. I don't know. But bon, I think Bonds did something cool for him. Like he gave him something or whatever. Last thing I want to cover something funny that I saw fun, funny, kind of funny, I guess. Uh, just odd, straight up odd. So a few weeks ago, or I guess it was longer than a few weeks ago. It's been, um, for people that follow, it's been, uh, pretty, it's been pretty public knowledge that the World Cup is this November, December. And instead of over the summer, they moved it back for the weather, uh, because it's so hot. The World Cup's coming up here in a couple of months and it's in Qatar, uh, or Qatar if you are, I guess that's the proper pronunciation i've been told um, that it's I'd have, i've been told that it's kind of like where you are sure is, it depends uh, on the, the way it is pronounced Qatar. it's been pretty pretty well spoken about that you will not be able to consume alcohol outside of registered like uh, licensed hotels and bars that that are able to serve it within the country is that they're a, not serving it at game they prior to this change they were not serving it at games you could not drink it in public you could not drink it tailgate you know whatever you i don't even know if you could buy it like buy it and take it home i don't know but there was a lot a lot of hubbub about the fact that they're hosting hmm. the world cup and you people won't be able to consume alcohol at the games which obviously Budweiser or whoever Heineken is such a big sponsor of these these leagues around the world, tournaments around the world, and the in the world, including the World Cup. They just changed the rules, sort of. Now, pre and post game, you still can't drink it in the stadium. You can only drink regular beer in the in like selected zones is what they called them around each stadium like it's going to be like a little party area where you can drink your 
your alcoholic beer because during the game, Budweiser is going to be certain. The only thing you can buy is Budweiser Zero, which is their non-alcoholic beer. That's what you can drink during games. I feel like I also need to note that this also comes from the country that will imprison you for seven years if you have premarital sex, which was also a point of contention with World Cup goers. How much how but much prison time I'm pretty sure that rule has not changed. How much prison time do you get for trying to sneak a weed pen in and out of the country as a professional basketball player? Mm. Mm. What did she get? Nine years or something like that? Like what did she get? Yeah. Nine years. Nine years? There you go. I mean that's she was in Russia. I'd imagine I'd imagine that in Qatar, Qatar, it would be similar. Anyway, I think if you're looking at it from the standpoint of like, wow, these rules are wild and crazy because that's not what we do here in the United States. Like, yeah, it's, it's different. And that's just part of playing a, a international tournament in a foreign country. And when you go there, you have to abide, abide by, by the rules. rules. Not everybody. And we, we learned that with Brittany Grant. You know, I, I alluded to her a minute ago. We learned that not every place is as loose with their rules as the United States is. And when you go to a Premier League game in England, you can't drink beer in the stadium. You can be in the stadium, air quotes, but you're, in your you seat. can't be in your seat drinking alcoholic beverages. And that is for – so fans don't get unruly. They're less likely to consume alcohol because you have to be in the concourse drinking it. Yep. And so you get you know however much time before the game, and you get however long halftime is. And that's it because you want to be in your seat watching the game. You don't want to be standing out in the concourse. But – when it's in Qatar and there's these other rules, it's to me, it's the same thing. Like it's the same because I look at it just as a, you can't drink, you know, can't drink regular beer during the game. That's, that's the, that is the bottom line of this. And then, you know, once the game is over, you can do whatever you can go to the hotel, go to the, the bars that are allowed to serve it. And it's great. I think that all goes back to what I mentioned earlier about the Brittany Griner thing. You can't expect to go into every country and, and them all have the same rules as where we live. I think there's maybe Indonesia. If you get caught like chewing gum, I think, I don't think you're like allowed to chew gum. You get arrested. There's just like these wild and crazy rules around the country or around the world that, we don't know about because we live in this very free country and you know, you have to have to get in line. Yes. Shout out to the American flag, massive American flag. Could you get a bigger wooden American flag behind your head? This is the, the biggest the next, they make. That's the largest. Okay. Well, this is the jumbo. The jumbo. All right. Well, 
that's the maximum amount of when we started this freedom. podcast everybody i watch they have a background this was uh, when i saw it i was like that's it what are you that's are you saying background. are you saying my my Gatorades on top of my fridge aren't good enough not at all what i'm saying if Gatorade wants to sponsor the podcast i'll put my elbow welcome. there i'll put my elbow there until they advertise on our pod <laughs> Hashtag no free ads. No free ads. That's all I got for this week. We we are leaving for LA tomorrow. Let's go. You will so we have, have already um, played the game by the time yes, this episode is, is out. But that is correct. Time traveling back to Tuesday when Tuesday night. Our voices hit the hit the airwaves. Yep. Um thank you again for listening to another episode of After the Snap. Uh we so thoroughly enjoy doing this for all of our listeners every week. And we, of course, are having a blast ourselves. Yes. Um, so if you want to keep following uh, along with us, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube. I was thinking wherever you get your, wherever you listen to your podcast, we are on YouTube. We're recording right now. You can see Blake's uh, genuine hat company. He has a hat. On his hat, Blake, Blake, Gruen, I believe it's oh, Gruen. That's a genuine. No, it's Gruen. A, it's <laughs> don't disrespect Texas like that. The Groin Hat well, Company. Some people um, show up at your doorstep. No, ticked off. I live there. I live there. Are you a Texas resident? I am. And you have the. You My have driver's the, license says so. Are the stars at night as big and bright as they say they are? Deep in the heart of Texas. Um, follow yeah, us. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, follow us along after, after, the the, snap pod. after the snap pod, Twitter, Instagram, our TikTok is TikTok. rolling yes, as sir. well. Um, so hit us up there. Uh, we love to hear back from you guys. Uh, any feedback that you have on the episode? Let us know what reviews. guests you want. Yes, that would be great. We're looking for, uh, we have a few spots to fill in the upcoming weeks, but, uh, we are excited. Seasons, the season, season's here. Season's happening. Let's go. So, Let's um, go. We are on the lookout for clutch snap of the week. Oh, yes. Please. But if you see one that you would like us to cover or you would like us to dole out, please send it to us or tag us in the post. So this has been another episode of After the Snap. Tales from two brothers who lived life upside down.